Craig, what's an otum? Well, Miriam, it's pronounced O-T-M. Of course! It's the Oxfordshire Theatre Makers, a community of professional theatre makers in Oxfordshire. Wow, can I join? Yes, we are always looking for new members, so if you've been thinking about joining us, please go to our website, oxfordshiretheatremakers.com and click on the join button for more details. Hello and welcome to the OTM podcast. I'm Craig Brown. And I'm Miriam Higgins. And we are with each other in real life. Hooray! In Oxford, <laughs> in South Park, as you can hear by the sirens and the helicopter, <laughs> and there the is trees. actual life around us. <laughs> we are not hiding away indoors right no. now. How are you doing, Craig? You're I'm right. good, yeah. yeah. It's nice to be out. We are socially distanced, by the way, in case anyone's wondering. We're wearing radio mics. <laughs> So we're actually just facing the park and just talking <laughs> to the air. As we both have projects on the go at the moment, we didn't want to leave it too long without a series for you guys. So we, do ha- we are back, but it will be very short. We're going to catch up with some past guests to see what's been going on since we last spoke. So Miriam, what have you been up to since... We last spoke. I've been on holiday. You've been on holiday. Where did you go? I went up to uh, Whitby. Lovely. It's the lovely part of the world. Lovely part of the world. Uh, Mm I had some very tasty fish and chips. Thought about putting a a piece of outdoor theatre on at Whitby Abbey. Oh. Yeah, maybe King Lear. That might be quite good. Craig, tell me what you've been up to. Well, I've also been working on our other podcast, Burnt Toast Presents. Mm -hmm. There are 10 episodes and lots of voices that you will recognise, so it's very funny. Give it a listen. Right, enough of this stuff and nonsense. Let's get on with the show. (laughs) First, we chat to Tristan Jackson-Pate to find out what he's been up to since we last spoke. Tristan, hi. How are you doing? I'm really well. So uh, tell us, what have you been up to since, since we last spoke? Yeah, gosh, well, we spoke in the height of lockdown, didn't we? So that feels like, in some ways, a a distant memory, but in other ways, we're obviously still living with the legacy of that time period. And I'm really happy to say that since then, uh, the work is starting to transitioning more back to being in rooms with Cheryl Theatre Company, which is really positive. And just kind of getting out of that gear, I've spent a lot of time sort of doing development work and planning future projects or working out how we could deliver postponed projects in new ways, either with social distancing or with um, uh, online contingencies. And I'm pleased to say we're now sort of moving into a phase of actually physically doing things, which is much more rewarding for the young people with and also, yeah, my colleague Safi and I say so we're, we're back doing operational stuff a bit more, which is definitely positive. Tell us about the shows you're taking to Gemfest. Yeah, gosh. Well, uh, one of them you know all about, Craig, because it's Salmon <laughs> versus Evermore, which is a, a game theatre piece we've been developing for close to two years, maybe more than two years now. Um, we did some Arts Council R&D back in March. It was the last thing we did before the lockdown, and we've carried on some of that work online. But the show is about a, a couple, Sam and Zoe, who are playing a game of Dungeons & Dragons, potentially to try and save their relationship will they or won't they? Uh, And it involves a lot of uh, gameplay with an audience. The audience uh, inhabit the world of D&D and take on different races and classes. So that was a really positive 
wonderful experience to do that R&D back in March. Um, and we've continued the work online a little bit. And as well as showing an extract from the live performance we did back in January at the OTM m Showcase, uh, we're also exploring a couple of extracts that we can do over Zoom just to give our audience a, a bit of a flavour uh, for what the show will be like. Uh, we're not transitioning in it all online, but uh, we're hoping to tour well, we've got some dates in the diary to tour in October 2021. Yes. Yeah, which is exciting. So ma- many things to look forward to. And the GenFest is with uh, Roland Derngate. I'm an associate artist there this year. So it's a really good platform for us to, because we're touring the, the piece across the UK, to sort of get in front of some new programmers uh, and also other artists and kind of share our show a bit more widely. So that's Sam and Zoe. The other piece is called Time for Heroes. I've been developing that one for even longer, I think about four years. It's a gig theatre piece. I started writing it, it's the only time really I've ever started writing something on my own completely without any idea where it was going or what I would do with it. And I guess, yeah, that's why it's taken about four years to to figure that out. Um, But it's an ambitious gig theatre project, which is based on an amazing couple of years of my life spent in Northampton as a teenager in 2005 and 2006, uh, which had a very lively live music scene, produced several uh, touring acts. And I've always just seen it as a really kind of significant character forming time and had so many great stories from that time. So I started writing this play, which has taken on a life of its own and become, uh, although there's a lot of truth in it and there's stuff that happened to me and it's, I had a nice read through in it w- with some friends who were there at the time and it was nice for them to sort of spot <laughs> spot the characters that they knew. So we developed it for a long time and and then last year, in uh, I think it was April last year, we did some 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 research and development at Birmingham Old Rep, uh, where we worked with young people from Birmingham Ormiston Academy uh, and, a, and a designer and a dramaturg and various other creatives to just see how this unwieldy big fat play with sort of thirty five scenes and live music and I think there were eight characters at the time and how this could possibly work, what what were the different models we could find. Um, And we explored integrating live music with physical theatre. And it was a really exciting, rewarding process. And actually, Royal and Derngate have come on board kind of in the months since then, helped me develop the piece a bit further, provided a lot of uh, support. And we're now partnering on producing the show as a a co-production with CTC. Um, We're hoping to do it in August next year. But the model for producing it is, is... an interesting one because we want to work with original bands in and around Northamptonshire and our young people from Banbury will be involved in the process as well. So we want to, uh, we're having a community chorus of actors and musicians coming together. There's obviously original songs in the show, but there's also opportunity to have live original bands integrated into the piece and underscoring sections. And we're doing it in a gig venue. So it, and the audience will be stood, and we hope in August next year, hopefully they can be shoulder to shoulder, yeah. packed in next to each other. And when is Genfest? It's the week of the 2nd of November. 
And I urge you to have a look on the website. If you just Google Royal Ferngate Genfest, because there are six other associate artists. We're called the Generate Seven. It's a great title. It makes me feel like a gunslinger. <laughs> <laughs> so there's six other artists presenting work in progress. And there's also a host of free workshops by really cool people. So you've got Spy Monkey doing workshops. You've got Hydro Cracker. Um, there's casting director. Polly Gerald is doing a casting workshop. You've got Adam Penford from Nottingham Playhouse running workshops. Uh, they're free and you can sign up via the link. They're for early career professionals really they're aimed at so i definitely although it's you know it bordering another county i would recommend otm members get on there and see if there's anything that yeah it's all virtual tell us a bit about the web as well another project that you've got going on right now yeah well this one's particularly exciting because it's a thing that can really happen really soon physically happen (laughs) so in 2017 uh, ctc produced a play called the web i wrote it over two years we did a really lengthy research and development uh, process with young people 11 to 18 year olds predominantly and we didn't know what the play was going to be and necessarily where it was going to go but we were interested in producing something about social media and how it affects young people's lives for good or for worse so over that lengthy period of time the play went through maybe three different versions uh, and we eventually ended up with a piece that was about 55 minutes long three actors and and a mysterious voice and it was about three characters finding themselves in a strange digital space, not really sure how they got there and keen to break out of it and get back to their lives. And what what I tried to do with it, I suppose, was give the same flavour of some of the theatre and education work that, that CTC have done before that's been really effective. I think we're sort of particularly known, and this is before my time, I say we're, but we're particularly known for a, a, a drugs awareness play called The Buzzed, a very successful piece, uh, which was a drugs awareness play and toured for over 10 years and was seen by a, over 100,000 people and syndicated to various different colleges and is still performed today um, by uh, the founder of CTC, Nassim Amazia. Uh, so what I wanted to try and achieve with the web was the same sense of a, a play that explores complex themes, but doesn't give easy answers. So, and, and doesn't patronize its audience. I think that's always the line you're trying to walk with TIE. Mm. Uh, and so, uh, and I, I was really pleased with what we, we created. It was directed by Anna Tolpert. It toured, uh, Oxfordshire schools. I always wanted to take it a little bit further and so excitingly during lockdown, we kind of returned to it and thought, what could we do with this? How can we create maybe a digital version of this so we can keep engaging with schools in this difficult time where, you know, until next year, we can't really physically go in to places. Um, and so I've worked with an animator and an editor to sort of imagine how it would work as a, as a film. Uh, we've done a bit of work starting to adapt the script and thinking about how it would work for that medium. Uh, but excitingly, over October half term, this is when our young people come in and we do some work with with some actors and those creatives and sound designer as well to just pull apart the script, think about what it means to us today in 2020, three years later, and think about the, the workshop activities that might go with it. Because in the play version, the actors would facilitate uh, a workshop directly after the play where you could explore the themes a bit further and really get the the student audience to reflect on what they've seen and how it relates to their lives. Uh, of, of course, in this version, we have a film, but then our actors beam in over Zoom into a classroom to work with children that way. And there's a, a, an interactive digital resource pack that we send to teachers as well. 
Um, so yeah, so the, the next stage is that we, we spend a week playing around with the script and seeing what young people think of it and improvising around themes and really giving it a kind of breath of fresh air. Uh, and then we're filming in November and uh, the schools will get to see it in the spring. So yeah, really excited to be doing that, you know, in a visor with social distancing in a, in a studio. You've also put out a call for participants for the web. How can people get in touch with you for that? Yes, they can email us, Workshops at gmail.com. Uh, it's completely free to take part in and it all happens online over Zoom. So you could be anywhere in the county. Uh, we are just... Uh, so we're looking for people aged 11 plus, but anyone is welcome, no experience or just a willingness to take part and to, to share your thoughts with us. We want to work on a really equal footing with young people to to re-explore this piece. So, uh, and you don't need to prepare anything. So just turn up, we'll have a read of this script and we'll explore um, how the animation is going to work, how we think it's going to look, how it's going to sound. We'll improvise around it a little bit and we'll we'll rediscover the whole piece yeah, with them, and we'll present it at the end on a, you know, on the Friday afternoon. We'll we'll show where we've got to. Brilliant. And for anyone that that wants to get more details on Cherwell Theatre Company, what's what's the best way? It's definitely to go to our website, so cherwelltheatrecompany.co.uk. Uh, if you click on projects, you can see the different things we're juggling at the moment. Um, we've got the usual social media feeds as well. So you can find us on Instagram, Cherwell Theatre Company. Facebook is uh, forward slash Cherwell Theatre Co. We've got Twitter as well, CTC Productions. We try and keep those updated. And I'm always happy to come and appear on your podcasts, Craig. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. Up next, we're going to be chatting to Nathan and Isha about their new play, Tempest Fugit. I sit my cup of tea in a really weird kind of podcasty kind of way, like this. <laughs> yes, please do. So, Nathan and Ida, how are you both? Very Welcome well. back. Thank you. Thank All you for having us back. Circumstances, yeah. So, tell us, what have you both been up to since we last spoke? I've just been sitting in front of the laptop waiting for you to call back. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Uh, we have mostly, uh, well, we've been working on our new show mainly which I think we mentioned last time briefly Tempest Mm -hmm. so we've been doing some rehearsals and some writing and rewriting and rewriting and rewriting and um yeah because it was all it was all planned and uh we were ready to start rehearsing I think the last time we spoke and then festival after festival was uh cancelled um Mm. which obviously you know for good reasons uh we're not too upset about it but we're we're upset that we didn't you know get to go go to all these festivals and see all these wonderful shows and meet wonderful people mm. and perform. Uh, but now we've, you know, it's given us extra time to kind of really work on the show. And tell us a little bit about Tempest Fugit. It's about the two little wooden characters who live in a cuckoo clock and it's an enchanted cuckoo clock. And it's about their hopes and desires. And uh, one of them wants to escape and one of them wants to well, not escape. Would you say wants to be set free, Ida? Yes, I think one one wants to see what else is out there, and the other one is very content with the routine of life as it is. And something happens that makes them have to make a choice. And so it's kind of very much about fairy tales and uh, the kind of things you find in a fairy tale: magical castles, magic mirrors, things like that. But also, it's uh, it's a comedy in our, very much in our style. So. Uh, a lot of wacky things happen, some really good character stuff. 
uh, and it's just a load of fun. Even the few rehearsals that we like full run rehearsals that we've done, it's been fun to to kind of perform in in, in cramped living rooms and things like that. How did you write it? Was it together, video calls, or in person? Or well, we actually we started before just before everything was locked down. So we we sort of been discussing it for a while. So we had a basic idea of what we wanted, and then we had two days of workshopping it in a village hall in Wheatley that we rented for two full days where we just kind of talked talked it through, tried things out, did this thing that we do with post-its and timelines and things. And then we went away and st- tried to work on it. And then lockdown happened. And then we, we did, we've had a few sessions over Zoom where we worked on things. And then we have met a couple of times as well, responsibly, obviously. We're at the stage now where we kind of need to be together and talking about things to to polish it really yeah we find that working uh, like we can work on things individually but when we're kind of in the same room at the table on our laptops or up uh, kind of improvising things we work so much better just because we can bounce off yeah. each other that way. Yeah. yeah and how did the idea come about for the show oh. uh, so when we were touring our last shows we had a lot of time in my car driving to places and we often talk a lot of nonsense in a car and I think it just came up with this idea like a poster idea of just like these two rather sinister wooden characters one holding an axe and one holding a bucket or something oh yeah, this <laughs> yeah this dark uh, and that's kind of where it started and we sort of developed it from there yeah they're not they're not as sinister as they originally um started no. out right <laughs> there are no axes they're more of a dark comedy than we would necessarily I think do normally you said you you have met up in person you have you started rehearsals we have yes so um you know we'd go to each other's houses or in in each other's backyards um with the other person's knowledge we're not just hiding in each other's (laughs) backyard okay Uh, we kind of you know work through some scenes that way and we were also lucky enough to be offered a bit of space in the old fire station studio so we we've had a couple of sessions in there um partly because we're going to be performing the show in December so uh, we've you know they kind of let's use a bit of space and then we're going to be doing it in December if all goes to plan you know um, it's going to be off the off-piste festival on the Mm -hmm. 1st of December at 7 30 and you can see it live or online that's right so there's going to be a very reduced audience capacity and when those tickets run out you'll be able to watch it online and both of those can be booked on the website so what was it like rehearsing at the old fire station was it very quiet in there it was quiet but it felt very safe like they had everything in place to kind of make sure everything was properly done Mm. Uh, and we just stayed in in the studio for the whole day it's almost like the the dream of rehearsing you're just left alone in in an empty room um and you can just work on the show with no distractions there's nobody coming in and out um or other noise from other rooms or anything like that you just kind of left in a box and put you know create a play do you think you worked very differently than normal because you hadn't seen each other for so long do you think that had an effect on how you worked i didn't feel so i don't know how you felt nathan but i felt we kind of just fell back into it quite quite naturally Mm. Yeah, I always felt like we were more energetic about it as well. So we were yeah. re- really ready to start rehearsing again and creating. Um, and some ideas just got out of hand and, you know, we put them aside, but they were fun to kind of play around with. And we had a lot of fun doing, I think. And then we had the good opportunity. So because of the limited space, we had the opportunity to have a few people in to give us feedback as well that we can use to develop the show further. And 
because we have more time, it just sort of allows us to, I think, play with more things that we might have rejected sooner. So you said the shows will be online and in person. How how does that work? So I think they're selling 30 seats and not the usual, I think it's 100 and, or 90 and on in the theatre. Hmm. Um, so socially distant seating. And then you can also, so they'll be filming that as well, which also adds to the limited capacity. So they'll be filming that and then making that available online for a limited amount of time. I think they're going to, they're planning on having it online for about a month. And okay. um, you can, there's like a standard price and you can pay a little more if, if you if you can. Uh, they don't expect anyone to, you know, pay too much for it, you know, how everyone's jobs have been affected. So yeah, it's, it's up there and there's an option to pay a little extra if you enjoy it. And that's on the uh, FES website? That's right, yeah. Yeah. They've got a whole kind of plan, a program for off-piste and there's quite a few different things going on very varied program and how do you feel about going into the theater and performing again are you nervous about it or excited i'm excited because i've yeah. missed it a lot but i mean I think there's always an element of uncertainty because well a whether you know what will happen between now and december you know um just there's no knowing and no planning for anything so we're just kind of floating ahead you know as if it's definitely going ahead and everything's fine obviously within the safety parameters, but you never know what's going to happen between now and then. So, yeah, I think um, partly what's good is that the old fire station have done a really good job of making sure that everyone who goes into the building, staff, performers, audience, that they're going to be, you know, it's going to be a very safe environment and they're doing their absolute best. That's really good to see. And I think, yeah, as as you said, there's a, you know, a little trepidation, but also really exciting to just get up in front of people again. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, hope people like the show. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> that too. <laughs> I think it's a nice option to have it recorded as well because if you go and see the show and you really like it, you can just go home and watch it again. Yeah. So, is there anything else going on with you guys that you'd like to give a mention? Well, we've been working on um, a little podcast called Burnt Toast. <gasps> yes, yes, you have. Yeah. We've been in a few episodes, and Ida actually wrote one of the episodes too. Did and it was oh. wonderful. <laughs> it was sort of, it was a nice it was nice for me because it was sort of a different style of writing. But also, I think I just put all my crazy energy into that podcast <laughs> at the time. It's, it's been fun working on it because I've I've been able to do quite a few different types of voices and also use my native Australian, which mm. most people don't ask for for some reason. I don't know, oh. but yeah, it's 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 been fun just playing with these different kind of characters and just being sent a script saying, "Can you do it?" can you do this and you just read it and it's just complete madness and lots of fun so and they're only short as well which is great so you get you know 10 minutes of insanity so everybody can listen to burnt toast series two other than that i think we've just been kind of getting on with stuff i'm i'm doing a bit of other recording i'm doing an audiobook and doing other bits of filmed work and things so whatever you can get in these times really I think it'll be lovely seeing you guys in the theatre again. It, it brings a bit of normality. Yeah, and we, just hope, we hope yeah. not to be too normal. We hope to, um, the situation is normality, but uh, we hope to be completely mad, which is our, yeah. which is our normality, <laughs> actually. It's a strange, I don't, I'm not really sure how we decided to write a show about two little wooden characters who live inside a wood, like in a chanted cookie block, but we did. <laughs> Where can people buy tickets and what are the dates? What are the details? So the show is going to be on Tuesday, the 1st of December at 7.30. That's uh, in person. Uh, And it's also available online until about the 8th of January, I think it was, after the performance. And you can buy either type of ticket or both if you want. 
from the oldfirestation.org.uk. Thank you both for joining us again today. Thank you, guys. Really lovely to speak to you. Yeah, we're very excited to see the show. Thanks for having us. And we, we can't wait to see what you guys are up to as well. Yeah. Finally, we are going to be chatting to Matt Winkworth and Nadia Rich about the Florence Park Players new show. We should, before we start, just hear a little bit about Peggy. Matt, tell us about Peggy. We've got a lockdown puppy. Peggy's um, a little tiny puppy and she's four months old and she is a Dachshund Chihuahua cross. She's tiny. Uh, looks like a tiny little sausage dog. And um, I will shut her out if she starts barking. <laughs> I really have one um, Zoom meeting this morning where she was uh, unceremoniously shut out of the room. So, um, okay. Is it because you've, you've looked away from her for too long? Yeah, for two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and Nadia, you also have a new little friend. I do. Um, my lockdown cat, um, her name is Heidi. And we got her from Battersea Cats and Dogs a, li- a little bit into lockdown. And she has absolutely transformed our lives. Um, she's, yeah, Brilliant. hilarious. Um, <laughs> adore her. And she she turned one yesterday. Um, so we're, we're very proud of her. She's a cat now, not Aww. a kitten. <laughs> Did she settle in quickly? Oh, my gosh, so quickly. Um We'd heard like so many things from from the vet and from the carers at Battersea that um, suggested that she was extremely nervous, like very fussy with food, and that she she may take a while to settle in properly. And so we were very cautious. But basically, she just kind of strolled in and was like, "Yep, yeah, what next? <laughs> <laughs> it's my home now." Rolling oh, around, brilliant. Um, so yeah, That's I think lovely. she. She just wanted her own space. She just wanted yeah. her own cosy home. Um, mm. And that's, yeah, that's what she got with us. Craig, you also got a lockdown cat. Yeah. I did. Oh. His name's Fival and he he looks like Heidi. He's the same colour. Practically spitting image. Yes, but he's 10 years old. We got him from Blue Cross. He's settled in really well, but he is a little monster. <laughs> he has a lot of energy at night and it, we're trying to sort of work out a routine with him because he he wakes me up at like four in the morning he will sit next to me he does this thing with his tail he swishes his tail and it sounds like someone's tapping their foot and that's his first attempt to get me up if that doesn't work he literally opens the curtains i'm not joking he opens the curtains so that the light's in my eyes if that doesn't work he then starts crying at me jumping on the bed <laughs> so um, not not an easy cat. I love but, cats. They're so yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I love him and um, yeah, we're, we're selling him in. It, it's fine. Aww. Just a lot of work. I don't have a cat or a dog. <laughs> Just like but joining you have in. cat visitors though. Maybe. I have I have cat visitors and I have um, four working dogs that live next door. Oh, so that's nice. I get to hang out with them sometimes. Matt, tell us what, what have you been up to since we last spoke? Yeah, since we last spoke, to be honest, a couple of um, projects in very early stages, possibly including some R&D in a real room with real <gasps> actors, and um, I'm so excited. So that's, um, Hooray! yeah, not 100%, but maybe in a couple of weeks' time, might be actually doing a week of real live theatre work, which is so exciting. And 
yes, been working with Nadia and Emma Webb on a community project uh, for East East Oxford, although being kind of online now, it's also kind of geographically broadened what uh, community might mean for a community involvement. <laughs> so, um, yeah, a few people from further afield. But, yeah, we um, normally do a Christmas show, uh, pantomime. I've done a couple of years of it. I haven't done it every time. Emma has, I think. But, yeah, there's usually a community panto, and we have been working on rather ambitious project to try and take it online while still maintaining some of the interaction of community so trying to find ways that it's not just literally sit down on this night and watch zoom for an hour but finding ways to um yeah interact with the community more widely as well yeah i think one of the most kind of important things um, for a lot of people right now is is finding a way to engage and be part of something creative um, but also with quite um, low pressure and um, they can commit as much as they can or want to and they can offer up different skills so it's not just about performing it's about writing and um, poetry and creating artwork, sharing recipes. Um, we're basically around this kind of production, looking to to bring in as many p- people as possible to to share something. And we'll have lots of content, I guess, hosted on this on this website for people to interact with and do lots of different things. So we're really looking at how you can get that sense of of community and sharing in the digital space to kind of make up for for not be all being able to to be part of that experience live and together in the same place and how did that idea come about it was emma and i chatting over the summer about what what this you know usual christmas show might entail this year it actually started as being a different concert a different story because we're doing sleeping beauty um but not very much not sort of panto style more of a focusing on the time that she's asleep and about dreams and there are these reports of people having more vivid and weird dreams during uh, lockdown Mm. which I found myself as well and also this idea that we've had to kind of put our dreams on on hold so that's slightly sort of suspended animation of Sleeping Beauty being asleep so it's more of a kind of yeah a bit of an exploration of those ideas rather than uh, than panto style Sleeping Beauty but um yeah I think it was Emma's Sleeping Beauty was Emma's idea and it just kind of grew from there really just just lots of um outside the box ideas for how we might use the technology to tell the story so rather than feeling inhibited by using the technology looking at how we can kind of twist the story so that that becomes a part of it because I think that's a more you know interesting way of working than Mm. just producing something which feels like it's not what it could be because of the technology if that makes sense yeah it's just grown from there really and then of course the wonderful thing with community projects as soon as you then start the ball rolling and put it out there you have so many ideas from the participants as well especially because as Nadia was saying we want to incorporate um, writers and musicians and, and lots of people as well as actors being steered by by the three of us but We've had a wealth of ideas from community, um, from the from the, the members of the company, the participants. It's been um, great, yeah. So these things, yeah, once you kind of put them out there, start to take on a life of their own, I think. 
Yeah, that sounds really exciting. Will it be online or in person or both? The plan is for it to be a mix of online and some real life elements as well. So there'll be a ticketed show as it were like as if you were coming to the performance space to see a show but it will be online and it will be a mix of pre-recorded and live material hopefully seamlessly integrated so you won't always know what's happening live and what is being sneakily pre pre-recorded and that'll be the narrative yeah told through different kind of different online uh, and digital ways as well as music and um song and yeah lots of other elements. But we are also hoping to tie in some real life things, such as there's a wonderful uh, window walk that Jane Gallagher organises around Florence Park, where people decorate their windows, essentially, and then you can do a walk around and look at them. So we're hoping to have things a bit like that, where we can give certain craft projects or certain themes for, yeah, decorating a window, for example. We've also talked about the possibility of almost like a scavenger hunt or having a kind of character the meeting opportunities so maybe some of the characters or some of the props are out in locations that can be visited in a safe way kind of in individual family units or bubbles so rather than having like a performance at that time it's a day where during these hours you can kind of almost like following a trucker map to find some you know extra bits so all this stuff is up in the air but we're certainly trying to think outside the box in ways that we can still make make it feel a bit more interactive than just you know clicking onto your computer to watch a video. Nadia what sort of stage is it at now? So we're actually we're kind of we're working with the writers to um, produce the story um, and there are really fantastic elements coming through that that celebrate things that the Florence Park players have done in the past but also in a very gentle way, respecting and recognising this very interesting time that we've all been going through and this kind of shared experience. And I think that there's something beautiful and interesting in this this kind of shared experience of, of dreams and I guess our kind of body's reaction to, to what's been happening. So... At the moment, yeah, our writers are are getting started with the story. We'll be doing a little bit of improvisation as well with um, with some performers um, around that to start getting them active and involved. But also we are kind of looking at community engagement at the moment and um, looking at um, who in the area we can work with, what they can bring to the project and kind of coordinating that and, and fitting it in as it's as it's being built, as it's growing. So there is there is a lot happening at the moment and it's um it's really wonderful to be a part of kind of connecting lots of different separate groups and entities into this one kind of multi-reaching uh, project. Cool. And how can people get involved? We've got a shared email um, at the moment that we're all using, which is fppsleepers at gmail.com. And that's our kind of, that's our project email. So that goes to me, uh, Matt and Emma. And we are still really interested to find out about any kind of East Oxford groups in particular who would be up for, for getting involved and, and bringing some, some art, some creativity to 
the project, maybe some some musicians and local bands as well. The nature of this kind of potentially having this extended online area that we can include things means even if we don't use something or use it in its entirety during the actual show itself, we can still have all this kind of, you know, bonus material that people can view. So whether that's um, a school wanting to participate a song that they've been learning um, or you know anything like that we'll try and incorporate what we can but even if it's not fully incorporated into the the play we've got this place where we can share yeah almost anything so I think that's quite exciting for making it a really wide-reaching project potentially perhaps more so than when we have to do everything practically looking for silver linings in there yeah. mm. at this time But we are having um, fortnightly meetings on Zoom with everyone as well to try and at least give a little bit of a feeling of that sense of everyone coming together for regular rehearsals. Because the nature of this is that actually we don't really need everyone together for rehearsals. It's all going to be kind of Mm. little smaller individual vignettes, really. So having everyone together and we're trying to do a sort of practical exercise or little workshop or learning a song, something like that. So a kind of practical thing. And then also a way for us to feedback what's happening and for everyone else to um, ask questions, contribute ideas, that kind of thing. So it's, yeah, a weird thing of like Nadia said, kind of juggling these plates of different groups and and Mm. kind of how to coordinate them all and also trying to make it feel like a unified thing. So it's, yeah, a really interesting challenge. And FPP, that's Florence Park Players, right? Yeah, fppsleepers at gmail.com. And when do tickets go on sale and where can people get tickets? So we are hoping to make the production go live and happen um, towards the end of February. So I think we'll be looking at releasing tickets around early January just to make sure that we can provide as much info as possible and provide yeah more information about how long it's going to be and what you can expect and um, before you sign up for a ticket. Is there anything else going on that you'd like to give a mention? Yeah definitely as well as um, working on this production I'm really excited to say that I've been working with the Pegasus Young Company 16 to 25s on an immersive uh, performance for early December. So um, again, I've been working with director Emma Webb to produce a an immersive and original play that's set in purgatory and um, across the whole of um, the whole of Pegasus. So it'll be a really intimate performance but will incorporate lots of different spaces that perhaps people haven't seen before at Pegasus. It will incorporate live and digital elements as well. Um, And tickets will be going on sale for that just after half term. So end of October, beginning of November. I think we're just really thrilled to to be doing something live and in person and offering young people the opportunity to to put their voices out there and work on something that's going to be seen and responded to and to engage in that exchange, which is really important when you're just kind of creating work, I think, to yeah. to mm. be able to be with your audience and see and feel the impact and and 
actually, yeah, like experience that exchange between the, the theatre maker, performer and an audience member. It's a really uniquely special thing. So we were very, very, very keen to be able to offer that this year. And should anything go wrong in the meantime, in terms of lockdown or tier two, we will be having it as a live digital experience as well. Okay. And mm-hmm. um, always a digital contingency at a yeah. time like this. Yeah. 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 And where can people find out more about that and buy tickets? Um, yes. Yeah, so we will be releasing information on um, the Pegasus Theatre website. Great. Thanks both for joining us today. Thank you for asking us to come and chat about it. Yeah. We are back in South Park. Back in South Park. And the sun is out and shining. It's lovely. It's lovely. Apart from the wind and the rain that keeps happening. Shall we describe South Park to our I listeners? I think a lot of people have been to South Park, yeah, to be well, honest. I had never. This is my first time in South Park. So I if I was at home time. listening, I would appreciate a, uh, a little audio tour. An audio tour <laughs> from, of South Park? From, from Miriam Higgins. So here we are in the middle of South Park. Beautiful. Um, we're halfway up the hill under the trees. We vacated the bench because it was raining. And we can see a lovely view of Whiteham Woods and over the spires there's plenty of sirens going on and uh, yeah it's lovely now the sun's up if you haven't been to south park i strongly recommend it it has beautiful views over oxford because i hadn't been the whole time i've, I've been in oxfordshire about six years and I've, I've only ever been to university park i discovered port meadow recently <laughs> i'd never been there and there were horses everywhere which was lovely um, did you see any cows yeah you saw yeah. the cows too? Lots of cows, yeah. yeah. Did you swim in the river? No. I will do though. I'm planning to next okay. year. It looks like a beautiful place to swim. Yeah. Have you swum in the river? No, I haven't. What about you, listener? Have you swum in the river? <laughs> we will be back soon with some more Oxfordshire theatre makers. If you'd like to get in touch, please email events at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us. It was lovely seeing you, Craig. Yes, and you. Lovely to see you, Tom. He's waving. And we'll see you next time on the OTM podcast. Everybody panic!